Welcome to the Business of Learning, the Learning Leaders Podcast from TrainingIndustry.com. Hello and welcome to Episode 10 of the Business of Learning Podcast. I'm Scott Rutherford, Marketing Director at Training Industry, here with my co-host, Taryn Aish, Editor at TrainingIndustry.com. Hi, and welcome. Today on the Business of Learning, we're talking about the types of training learners want and whether it's important that we give them what they want. Our guest is Dr. Amy Duvernay, Director of Training Manager Development at Training Industry and the author of a new report that answers these questions. This episode of the Business of Learning is sponsored by the Certified Professional in Training Management Program. Hi, I'm Brandy, and I'm the Learning Program Administrator for the Certified Professional in Training Management Program. The CPTM program was designed to convey the essential competencies you need to manage a training organization. And when you become a CPTM, you gain access to alumni resources like monthly peer roundtables and a full registration to the Training Industry Conference and Expo. If you start today, you can earn the CPTM credential in as little as two months. To learn more, visit cptm.trainingindustry.com. There are a variety of types of training modalities you can offer your learners and many criteria to use when deciding which modality or modalities to use in any given training program. One criteria you can use is learner preferences. Amy, let's start with the question, do learner preferences matter? Yes, actually they do. Um, Learners have a lot of options available to them in terms of how they learn, where they find the answers to their questions, where they find information about how to best do their jobs. They can go on Google and search. They can reach out to a friend via social media or a colleague right in the office. There are a lot of different avenues for finding answers. Um, And when those avenues are not sanctioned by the organization, not provided through L&D, the learner runs a risk of getting the wrong information which we don't want to happen. So learner preferences do matter in that learners are customers of our training programs. Um, They have the power to opt into our programs. Or if they don't have the power to opt in, they have the power to decide whether or not to engage with the content that we're providing. So in that sense, um, if we're providing them what they want in terms of how to receive that information, we're more likely to uh, be their choice in terms of where they find information. The other reason why learner preferences matter is that in a lot of cases, they tend to reflect the realities of the learner's job. So we found in our research that um, when a learner's job was more complex, they were more likely to uh, prefer methods that would enable them to determine or set their own pace at learning. That makes a ton of sense. So if your job is really complex and demanding, you're probably going to prefer a training method that you can fit into your busy schedule. Um, So the point there is that what they want actually reflects reflects the ways that they best learn given the context of their job. Uh, The other thing that we found in our research is that um, learner preferences actually, meeting learner preferences actually impacted a number of really important outcomes. Now we still hear a lot from time to time about learning styles, even though I think they've been pretty soundly debunked. Um, Can you comment about that and how learner preferences are different than learning styles? Yeah, learning styles are incredibly intuitively appealing, which I think is why they um, continue to be a pervasive kind of a myth um, within the learning field. As you mentioned, Scott, um, 
just a ton of research has shown that learning styles are not um, impactful in terms of training outcomes. So what is learning styles? This is based on the matching hypothesis, grew out of Kolb's work in the 1970s. Um, and the idea is that as a learner, I have an inherent style. So maybe I am uh, best learned through visual learning or through um, maybe kinesthetics, so by doing. Um, and that if we meet that style for that individual learner, that learner is going to have better learning outcomes. Again, unfortunately, research has not proven out that theory. Um, the difference between learning styles and learning preferences is that preferences are not um, meant to be kind of static, right? They are, um, uh, what a learner wants is gonna really depend on the type of training and the context that he or she is in. Um, so it's not saying that that's inherent to the learner, but that they might want specific things based on where they are in their role and at that point in their lives. So let's understand for a second also who was surveyed for the research project that, that you conducted. Who were the respondents and what types of roles and uh, companies did they come from? They came from all of them. Uh, no. <laughs> so we surveyed over a thousand learners and um, each of them had completed training within the past year. So we wanted to make sure that they had a recent training experience um, that they might reflect upon. They came from a variety of industries, departments, um, different hierarchical levels. Um, one of the things that people are always interested in is generational differences. So uh, lots of different age groups involved in the sample. We wanted to make sure that we cast as a wide a net as possible in terms of investigating this because we wanted to really understand what might drive differences in what learners want. So was there anything that surprised you about what you found from this research? I can't say that I was surprised in particular about any of the results, but I will say something that others might find surprising. Um, and that is, I, I mentioned generational differences just now. There weren't any practically significant generational differences. So regardless of a learner's age, they tended to want or prefer the same kinds of things. Um, the rank orders of various training methods and modalities were nearly identical across generational groups, which is kind of goes against what but I think popular press might lead you to believe. So are there any modalities that you found are more desirable or more, more effective than others? So the answer to that question is always, it depends. Um, uh, so our research pointed to a few methods of delivering training that were likely to be more effective across scenarios. Um, the methods that enabled applied practice tended to um, be more preferred by learners and also tended to drive effectiveness or be rated as more effective by those learners. So those are things like on-the-job training, on-the-job coaching, um, job aids, simulations, things that enable the learner to practice in an environment that either simulates or is the environment in which their um, jobs take place. Uh, the other method that seemed to have a pretty strong impact was classroom-based training, which we know is kind of the paradigm for learning. Um, learners tended to prefer this, so half of learners said that they preferred classroom-based training. Um, and in fact, when they preferred it and they received it, the impact of that training was, um, was more successful. The impact was more pronounced um, when they expressed that preference for it. 
the other thing that was interesting um, was that regardless of the method that was used to deliver training, um, if that method was a method that the learner preferred, uh, we tended to see a lot more positive outcomes. So if you provided at least one a, of a learner's preferred methods, um, the learner was more likely to view the training as effective. The learner was more like to likely to report feeling that their um, work role requirements were clear, that they were satisfied with their jobs, that their supervisor supported them um, and even that they placed a high value on their work as a central component of their lives. So these were huge kind of outcome variables that we were able to impact. Now do you think uh, there's like a chicken and egg thing here? Are organizations who have the kind of culture where employees would feel those, have those positive outcomes more likely to use modalities that learners prefer or is it the other way around? Or Yeah that's a great question Taryn. So Absolutely. This is a correlational study, so we can't um, necessarily determine causality. Um, but what we can say is that when training was provided through at least one, um, one of a learner's preferred methods, they tended to view training as more effective, which is we, how we believe that path kind of lays out, that um, they engage with the training because it was a method that they liked, that they then um, apply that information on the job and feel more satisfied and more clear about their job role requirements, and that those have those ripple effects throughout their um, employee lives. So taking all of that uh, into consideration, what strategies can you recommend to training managers who are trying to decide uh, how to deliver their training? Well, the biggest one would be to consider your learner's preferences. Um, where it's possible, you want to strive to give them what they want. Um, and if you don't know what your learners want, maybe give them a quick poll or get out of the office and go speak to them and, and get a feel for what it is that they're looking for and really what they're faced or, or up against in their job roles, whether it's that it's a highly complex role or they don't have access to various kinds of technologies. These things are gonna drive what they prefer. A quick note of caution on that, uh, if you're going to ask about what a learner wants, you really need to make sure you use that information. Um, if you don't incorporate it into your um, method decisions, then they might feel that their voice isn't being heard. The other thing that I would say is when in doubt, um, use classroom-based training, use on-the-job training, and, and use e-learning. These were the methods that were most preferred by learners, and um, that means that when you use those, you're, most like, you're more likely to hit what more of your learners want. And those trends of preference, as you said earlier, uh, were irrespective of the age of the learner. Yes, exactly. Um, the one thing that I will say is that the training topic definitely had an impact. I won't get into all the nitty gritty in terms of that, but if you're providing leadership training, your learners might prefer something different than if you're providing compliance training or sales training or technical training. So um, those, those various topics definitely impacted what learners wanted and, and what was viewed as most effective. Great. Well, Amy, thanks for stopping by the podcast to share your research with us. Can you tell us about uh, where people can learn more about what you've what you've come up with? Yeah, absolutely. The report is available um, for purchase on our website. So if you go to trainingindustry.com and navigate to the research section of our site, you'll find the report. It's entitled What Learners Want, Strategies for Training De Delivery. Um, and there's actually a preview of the report that you can download for free. And if you want to access the full report, you can use the code podcast for $100 off. 
Thanks, Amy, and thanks to everyone for listening. The business of learning comes to you from training industry. And if you're not already a subscriber to our email newsletters, please consider this your invitation. You'll get the latest news in learning and development, articles from experts in the field, invitations to attend free webinars, and information about events and career development opportunities for you in the training industry. You'll find information about all of that on trainingindustry.com. Just click the subscribe link at the top right, and you can choose which L&D topics you're most interested in. Thanks again for listening to the Business of Learning podcast. Until next time. If you have feedback about this episode or would like to suggest a topic for a future program, email us at info at trainingindustry.com or use the contact us page at trainingindustry.com. Thanks for listening to the Training Industry Podcast.